that episode fuck that episode is that is that because like you're, you're gonna like not get solar panels on your roof and you'll be one of the last no, no, houses it's, it's to not the first episode twice it was the second right the f- uh, I, think, I don't think know. so it's, no, it's, it's early it's early it's early in the run. first season yeah I, I think it's within the first five episodes <coughs> but i don't know exactly which one which which order oh, fuck that episode and Why? the reason being Why? is that is not the only pair of glasses in the world now Right, oh, but yeah. he doesn't know that. What do you mean he doesn't know that? And he, he may not f- know his prescription, and he won't be able He'll to fu- find other glasses without glasses. Bullshit! He isn't blind. He just can't read. Oh, he's well, walking the- around just fine. He's not running into poles. Oh well, then he can just pick up readers at the at the at the, 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 the store, the destroyed CVS. Yeah, <laughs> something would have survived. It'll, okay, he can't read right now. Okay. <laughs> Eventually, he'll find glasses. He'll be fine. He'll read everything. He'll find a few pair in case he breaks another. He'll be fine. In fact, we all still want to be him. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, if I broke my glasses in my house and I couldn't read anything, I would just go scavenge for glasses in my neighbor's houses. Of course, I'd have to, you know, harm them to get to their glasses but I would get glasses well how much do you want, there, there how much you do you want to read Barry? I want to see post-apocalyptic Barry busting down doors with a shotgun and is like I need to read I was gonna also say, give me your canned food ra- raise of hands who would be surprised if Barry did that nope nobody that's what I thought <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 725. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Blarg with Professor Biggs. And we're here to talk week and geek. Oh, goodness sakes. You know what? Normally, we kick this off with what we, geeky things we did this week. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I want to go straight into Barry Steamer. Barry. <laughs> you want to go right into my right steamer? Right into it. Wait, wait, wait. Clear, clear uh, recording of oh, this. What? No. No, no. I'm not st- no, that doesn't mean stop. I'm just, I'm just telling you my opinion. <laughs> Your opinion so... All right, clear recording. Nobody say anything. Barry Steamers. That's your Somebody, best take. That's the. Bump. That's your best take. That's, that's it. it. That's it. He only gets one. I only get one. Somebody You're right. There, one. Somebody out there make that a brilliant theme song. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> out there. Wow. Great. Yes. You know what you just did? You did this. Use that material, people. <laughs> you you just did you just pulled well, an AI there. Actually, Steve. Barry, you kind Here's of, my idea. You kind Make of it. summed up Geek Shock right there. You got to admit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so during the last Barry, St- I hate that we're calling that that. It's never going to change. <laughs> calling it, I don't hate it at all. Barry, Steve, you're the only one that no, hates it. Stop trying, Steve. It's not a thing. It's never going to be a thing. Here, I'll do a, I'll do a few. You, you, whoever's out there, theoretically, Listen, let, 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 no, 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 that's, and that's not a steamer. That's a Hershey squirt. <laughs> Barry's Hershey squirt. <laughs> the last. Oh. oh, my God. We're never going to get to this. <laughs> we're going to have some uh, see, IP De- problems with Hershey's. Deb's gone for like a few weeks, and the humor just goes right down the toilet to juvenile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? Literally. Just because. B. 
Barry's butt pee. Oh, my no. God. Oh. Stop. 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 You know, in my, I, I just want to say, when I first threw out Barry's steaming, I said steaming as in steam coming out of his ears. Sure. Because he was pissed at the shit we're making him play. Yeah, yeah but so, you were telling that to us. So I, I know, you know it that just, was going to go. It kind of evolved into, you know, a Cleveland steamer, but it's Barry <laughs> on at an what, Xbox. At what age did duty become funny again? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's never not it's, been funny. Yeah, it's never, and, and farts are inherently funny and always have been and always will be. No, they're not. And, and also, yes. Kirsten, just from having done this for a long time, as all of us have, it's never going to go the way you want it yeah. when you yeah, when you when you add it to the discussion. This oh. show's already not going the way yeah. <laughs> it never does. Right. So I was playing this war of mine, a fun game to play. This <laughs> war of mine. I'm going to let it shine. It's an engaging, <laughs> depressing survival game. Yes. Okay, it was released in 2014. It's for sale for 20 bucks on Steam. It was inspired by the Siege of Sarajevo, which it, already it sounds like a real fucking upbeat game. Jesus I, I, Christ. Just to see the look of horror on Biggs' face right now, kind of. Which <laughs> camera is he on? Yeah, what camera am I on? It's okay. It's survival strategy where you start with three survivors with varying stats, advantages, disadvantages, and you're in a bombed out city under siege, and you have to maintain everyone's health and hunger and mood uh, until they finally declare a ceasefire. It's like forty something, fifty so something turns in, and it varies. And you have to scrounge for materials uh, to make food and collect water and build weapons and defenses for the house you're you're squatting in. Okay, so gathering slash resource management game. Yeah, and there's Got a day it. and a night phase, and the day you're in the house, and you're prepping food, and you're healing and resting your characters, and you're using the raw materials you get to make workshops and stoves and rain collectors and weapons and shit. And at night, you assign people to sleep or stand watch or scavenge in nearby house or supermarket or military base or whatever's open to you. That's where you have to be careful because other people are around and they might kill you for your stuff. And you could kill them, but killing people isn't great for your mental state, as it should be. <laughs> now, the, the fight in this game is against entropy and despair. Even the music is just, like, depressing. And you're never going to reach a level of survival that's sustainable. Someone's always going to be hurt or tired or hungry, and you're hungry a lot. And it's it's just brutal. It's like a lesson in the harsh reality of an Eastern European city under siege. I, I like survival games. I always did. But this is depressing and uncomfortable and, frankly, a bit unrewarding. Uh, you never have enough of anything, ever. Uh, not even inventory space. You raid a house, you dodge the inhabitants, you have to leave most of it behind because you can't carry it. And there's always some group raiding your house at night, even, yet, even if you leave it guarded. And if you, if the person is tired the next day or hurt or... It's always some bullshit, and yeah, I get that that's the point of the game, but come on. At the end of the day, it's a game, and I need a sense of accomplishment and the dopamine fix for finding treasure or achieving something. And the only real fix here is surviving one more night, and just barely. You're hanging on by your fingernails the entire time. It is not a fast-paced game. It's it's not what I would call fun. I mean, I guess it succeeds as a war drama at some point. I suppose it teaches you horror about the horrors of war, but I'm it falls down as an enjoyable game. 
I'm I'm not here for a lesson. I'm here to play a game. I think it came out in the what? 2014, 2014. right? So that was during the sweet spot of indies really exploring games that were trying to be art. Yeah. It, it works kind of in that regard. It's like, oh, look how terrible war is. You never get enough of anything. You barely scratch through this thing to win. You just got to survive for 40 days. And, you know, it's horrible what other people do to other people. I get it. I don't need that lesson when I'm just trying to have some fun. It makes me want to go play Candy Crush. <laughs> and that's not good. Was this game made by the people who made Candy Crush? Yes, it was. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Uh, is does it say if you if you win like your last scenario is you're about to get on the train to freedom you finally gotten to an escape point but they're going to make you choose between one of your two children as to which one goes with you oh I don't know I didn't beat the game I, I kind of got did, fed up did Steve just invent Sophie's Choice the video game <laughs> wow dude God almighty I've had that choice in video games before. It's just horrible. Um, and I think that one, does that one have the add-on to it? Because there's a... There are add-ons yeah. to this game. I didn't play any of them because I couldn't even get through this one. I'm like, ugh. Did you win? No. Neither did I. I've played it so many times I've never won. I got fed up. I'm like, this is depressing. If I'm going to play a game where I'm just going to die over and over again, I'll play Hades, which I did. And I, played <laughs> a, I beat it and I'm just going for completionist now. And I never do that for a game. It's a great game. Yeah. They made a board game of this war of mine. I know they did, and uh, and it follows the same same mechanic, and it kind of works because yeah. when you're playing it, you can kind of see the board game underneath it in a way, mm. because you know the the random uh, story elements for going to other houses and and having to maintain a much of the same way if you played a, a Dead of Winter, right? I never played Dead of Winter. Oh, it's such a good game. It's a cooperative zombie apocalypse game we played it back in the day okay oh, yeah. and a really really excellent game and when it is a game that may have a betrayal me mechanic and i like that that's kind of why game you like it that's <laughs> why you like it but it's one of those things where it's like the game itself is hard enough that adding betrayal mechanic is even rougher but uh yeah that's, that's that same kind of feel with it it's like it's it's fun but it's also really dark and kind of kind of leaves you feeling almost like a little little empty and sad yeah i don't want that in a game sometimes i do it's it's kind of the same old thing with the if i want to see a, a deep dark drama if i was just throwing probably the the biggest name of the story like schindler's list kind of thing you don't go to schindler's <laughs> list because you're going to want to go have a good time <laughs> At least you shouldn't be, you, should. you assholes. Lousy date movie. <laughs> yes, it is. Unless she loves the color red. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. No. I still do. Yeah, but know what you're getting into, people. Know what you're getting into. I did not. I did not know. So it is time, then, to choose Barry's next steamer oh, here we go so once again i will give you just a couple uh, word description of each game okay you will eliminate one and then the rest of the group will choose from the remaining two a wildly inaccurate description mind you i'm sure oh no no it's it's pro it's straight straight on uh-huh so the first one your description is fractured psyche second one is sex and monstrosity <laughs> 
<laughs> and the third one, Sol Naveen Neptune. So what? I don't even know that middle word. <laughs> so there you go. Your first one, your so fractured psyche. Second one, sex and monstrosity. And third, sold Naveen. Uh, sorry, Sol Naveen Neptune. Which of those do you want to eliminate? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, number one, yeah, uh, fractured psyche for well for three reasons. One, uh, the sex and monstrosity is interesting, and I don't even know one of those words in the third one, so that, that makes that interesting. And uh, fractured psyche reminds me of those games where you're where you don't know what's real and what isn't. And it's aggravating to me. So I'm going to eliminate those. That one. Fractured Psyche is off the table. So, gentlemen, I leave it to you. Do you choose Sex and Monstrosity or Soul Naveen Neptune? I have a feeling I know where this is going to go. Is there even really a (laughs) choice here? This is the thing that sucks because Sex and Monstrosity is, of course, where you want to go. But at the same time, I'm intrigued by the third one. Well, I'm intrigued by it. I'm intrigued by Sex and Monstrosity, but... I'm also like, ah, Barry's going to enjoy that. You just know it. Whereas this Except n- that's where we went last time, and it turned out that that would have been the one that would have just sent him right up the wall. You guys don't even yeah. know what the word Naveen means. <laughs> nope. Hang on. Hold I on. Think no. I'm looking it up. I, I personally <laughs> think he's... Re- mis- if I'm not looking it up, you're not looking it up. Yeah. He's mis- looking it up. He's ah. misreading a Navi, and it's actually a... Uh, oh, shoot, I am. A, uh, no. An avatar. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Uh, no. N-A-V-E-E-N. Navi. I mean, there's the Neptune thing in there. Hmm. Yeah, spelling it doesn't help. <laughs> uh, ah, fuck it. I'm going to say sex and monstrosity. Yeah, that seems to be like, for what, no matter what it turns out to be, that seems to be the God, please don't most be a Japanese date game. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> what it is, and you're a kaiju. Go, yeah. Oh, a haptic feedback tentacle I, game. Where I got a, a date sim. <laughs> I'm going to concur with my colleagues here. And... Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the one that was sent to us by Stefan Moller is not one of these. Oh, no. This so this is what I chose. Barry, you will be playing Monstrous Love. <laughs> Monstrous Love contains three adult short stories focusing on women discovering their sexuality and freedom with gentle yet ferocious monsters. What the fuck, dude? What am I playing? Be seduced. We picked a winner. Be seduced by a world of love, sex, and claws in this sex-positive gaming experience. Sex positive. That's a phrase Barry wants to hear. Monstrous love. This couldn't have gone better. Oh, my God. Stop for shaming me. Uh, Look, I'm an orc. I stink, okay? I am not excited. I I, I am. Oh, we are. I will be gifting you that game soon. Gift is the wrong word. Curse is the better word. Oh, no, I think gift is the right one because it's the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) You're going to wish you were back in war-torn Sarajevo. (laughs) (laughs) Unless maybe it's a a story of girls discovering their sexuality with monsters in war-torn Sarajevo. (laughs) It looks very, very gentle. Oh, no. (laughs) Are they furry? Are they furry monsters? Uh, They're definitely monsters. And in seeing the... uh, 
you know what? When this is all done, we should all watch the advertising for if it's out there somewhere. It's <laughs> this is terrible. There's nothing good about this. Oh, I heartily disagree. <sighs> and the rest of them will be put back in the uh, back in the oven for a later yeah. cook. So, gentlemen, we know what Barry's going to do next week, but Barry, what'd you do this week? <laughs> oh, we played some board game arena. Oh, yay, I love it. Love me some board game arena. We got a good little crowd going. Uh, we played a lot of games, but one new game. Uh, we played uh, Captain Flip. It's a very easy game. Captain Flip. Captain Flip. Everyone has a little board, uh, and it's like a pirate ship. With the different amounts of squares in the columns and rows, and you got to fill your board with pirates, and whoever gets the most points wins. But there's nine different pirates, and you, you draw like a tile from a, like a, a, a bag or whatever, from a, and you say, okay, well, do I want to put this pirate on? No. Then I can flip it, and there's another pirate on the back, and you have to put that on. And some could be good, and some could be not so good with the with the group of pirates you have. It was very easy to learn. We played a couple games. It's a very quick game. Problem. I can't find this game for sale physically. Really? Yeah. Well, I is mean, it, is I it a beta a, game? There's a lot of beta games on there. Well, no. It's. I mean, I found it for sale, but it's like thirty dollars shipping. I'm like, are you kidding me? Is it coming from England? Got to be. I don't know. I just, that's the one thing I don't like about Board Game Arena. Is sometimes I'll find a game I really like, like Martian Dice, and then you can't find it because it's out of print. <laughs> Andy, you said you'd send me one. Where is it? Um. So yeah, I played Captain Flip. And Captain I, I, Flip. And I kind of dug it. I have to look it's into a fun that. Fun little game. And I took a pause from Hades to play Brotato. Oh, I saw that was on Xbox now. Yes, dude, you got to get Brotato. It's like Vampire Survivors. Is it now? Yeah, it's just a little bullet hell and your potato and you go around and you unlock other potatoes. Okay, is it one of those things where it's auto fire as well or is it? Uh... Yeah, 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 okay. yeah it's, it's auto fire. That's just like Vampire Survivor. It really kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> it's vamp The vampire is a very light silk screen over that game. Yeah. It's not as bullet helly as that, but it's just a bunch of enemies over like 20, 20, 30 seconds. And then you go to the pause screen, you, you upgrade and your, your character and you can merge your, uh, your weapons to get better weapons. And, and you only go to like 20 levels and then you win that scenario or there's like an endless mode. I'm not very good at it, but it's a fun little game. All right. It's a nice game to play while you're waiting for toast or something. But it has that roguelike element where you'll, you'll lose, but your character will get better over You'll unlock other potatoes. Oh, okay. So you won't have any growth, but you'll have new characters. No, it's, it's, a very, it's a very simple game. Okay. Do, you get, do you get buffs for being au gratin or um, baked or mashed? Or I'm not humoring your <laughs> your crap joke. How many eyes do, do you get? Do you get more eyes? God. If you just sit in the bin long enough, do you start getting like little tentacles and yeah. stuff kind of growing out of you? Does anybody ever call you sweet? <laughs> is that all you got? And no more potato jokes? Tuber. There it is. There it is. So I play potato. Uh, fantastic. Uh, Jeff, what root vegetable did you involve yourself in? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, actually, I went and saw a movie. I went and saw Argyle, the new Matthew Vaughn uh. film. Um of course, very entertaining film, very colorful. Um, I love the choreography and a lot of the you know the fight scenes and stuff. What is Argyle? So Argyle is um, centered around a character named Ellie Conway, who's played by Bryce Dallas Howard, 
who is a novelist. And apparently everything that she's writing has come true in the spy world because her novel is about a a fictional spy, but apparently everything is happening in the real world. So there's competing spy agencies that want to pick her brain for how she got her information because it's hit a little too close to home. Too, clue, ho, da, da, too close to home. Too, ho, too house to clone? Da, 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 da. Uh, Sam Rockwell plays uh, uh, an, uh, an actual spy by the name of Aiden, who is actually trying to rescue her and, you know, get her away from the bad spy agency, etc. Uh, but there's a ton of cameos in here. Um, I should also mention Brian Cranston is in this film, so obviously can do go no wrong with, with Brian Cranston. But lots of celebrity cameos in this thing. Um <laughs> Very colorful. Uh, there's there's a few little twists in there. Now, I won't say that they're not like major twists, and some of them are telegraphed way early in the film, but still, it's an entertaining film. Um, I would say if there's one gripe I have about it, it's about 20 minutes too long. It's about two hours and 20 minutes. And it's not that the actual length of two hours and 20 minutes would be bad, but I feel like some of the scenes just go on just a little too long. So I don't know if this is him trying to veer from his normal formula that works where, you know, quick, tight scenes, uh, especially when you get into the action scenes and trying to draw out some of the humanity in the, in the, the film between the characters or what, but... Yeah, I, I feel like there's just a few scenes that could have been trimmed up just a little bit, but uh, still very entertaining. Uh, Henry Cavill's in it as well. He plays the fictionalized version of her her character, the one that she sees in her mind when she's imagining the the you know the different story scenarios that's in her books. So, uh, but Agent Argyle is the is the name of the character. So, uh, yeah, I I mean I recommend it. Uh, I know it's been getting some really bad critical reviews, but it does seem like the audience is picking up on it. What are the critics saying about it? Uh, I, I've honestly tried to really ignore that, but I just I saw some of the like the Rotten Tomatoes scores and stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't need the negativity in my life, so I just don't read those. <laughs> um, I will say, <laughs> very ironic. It's another one of those where it's like, get out of my brain, movie Bob, but. Movie Bob's review was very similar. He rated a little lower than I would have, but he did say also the same thing I said about it's just like a little bit too long, and it could use just a little bit of trimming. But uh, but overall, a very fun, entertaining movie. I mean, Sam Rockwell is Sam Rockwell. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with that. He's a lot of fun. Uh, that was this, one of the things I found character. intriguing when you saw the trailer. Yeah. Right, it was his popping up and all of a sudden being Mr. Super Spy. That was actually kind of funny. Yep. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but there's a twist in there too. But anyway, so yeah, I, I recommend it. Go check it out. Um, especially like the, the final fight scene, very colorful, just like uh, very, very much remnants of Kingsman. You know, that finale. I, oh yeah. my God, I still remember seeing that in the theater. I was... I mean, there's only like five of us in the theater when I saw that because I, I tend to go to the later shows, but we were all laughing our asses off during yeah. that final fight scene in Kingsman. And <laughs> oh my God, it was so much fun. And it's very reminiscent of that, although not quite as hysterical as 
the uh, the Kingsman. I, I I think that just set the bar so high that it's never gonna <laughs> right. gonna reach that again. Uh, the other thing I did is I started watching uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith on ah, uh, yes. uh, Prime Video. Uh, this is a quote-unquote more realistic take on the Mr. and Smith, Mrs. Smith story that was made into the film, was it 2015, I think? Which was also a remake of a little-known TV series starring Scott Bakula. So this is supposed to be more like the original TV series, but uh, centers around two strangers who are working for some kind of organization that seems to be a spy agency. It's hard to say because it, you know, I'm three episodes in and I still don't really know what's going on with this other than that they have their assignments and they're, you know, trying to do their best to uh, accomplish what they're being assigned. Uh, but they, you know, they're playing a married couple, even though they don't really know each other at all. Um, it's it's really fascinating, kind of the parallels, because there, it's a lot of cameos, a lot of cameos in the series so far. And just three episodes in, there's a lot of cameos of celebs that you'll be like, oh, I know who that is. And, and then, you know, they're only in that episode. So um, I'm intrigued by the characters. I just don't know where this story is going, and it's only eight episodes long. I was hoping to finish it today before the show, but um, I, I, you know, maybe it's the completionist in me or what. But I want to finish it out and see where it's going. Especially uh, since I've looked at the uh, the IMDb, I know, you know, some of the more interesting cameos coming up. But you know, in the very first episode, you you've got uh, Alexander Skarsgård in there, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> That's uh like the like literally the very first scene. You're just like wow. Um, but you know, then uh, in the second episode, you get John Turturro. So oh wow, and I love watching John Turturro in whatever character he's embodying. And that episode was actually very interesting. So anyway, uh, so far I'm liking it, but want to see where it's going. All right, Steve, what'd you do? Um, well. I did old man stuff. What, what are we calling the segment? Uh, old, old man theater. Old, old as hell or old as fuck. Old as fuck. <laughs> senior moment. <laughs> yeah, senior moment. Um, Peacock has Poppycock. Wait, yeah, it was Peacock has dropped uh, the six billion dollar man. Oh, on, really? On Finally. There. Yeah. Um, and so, just you know, on a whim. Uh, I was like, okay, uh, let's watch the pilot. And then all of a sudden I noticed, well, this is not the pilot because it's got the, it's got the $6 million man, you know, regular, regular opening credit scene. Yeah. Including a bunch of characters that don't appear in the pilot. Hmm. And I was like, oh no. Cause you know, if, if you watch the DVDs, you actually get shown the, the TV movie version right. of it. Well, there were two TV movies before the series started. Three or four, it, actually. Three? Okay. Yeah. Well, I have the box set if you ever want to borrow it. I have oh, the yeah. complete the complete Why? series, including everything. Why? We got everything. it streaming on Peacock. <laughs> well, yeah, but you don't want to watch it streaming See, on Peacock. Well, this is, this is my argument for physical media. Yep. This is exactly why. You don't want it because... What they the because the TV movie ran in an hour and a half block, which means back in those days, you take out you know about eight minutes for commercials. Actually, probably less than that. But anyway, about eight minutes. They've split that pilot 
into two hour segments, which means they had to add. Uh, pad, 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 pad. Especially in that first episode where the entire first episode is nothing but stock footage of Air Force planes over over the um, Edwards... Edwards uh, Air Force Base? Edwards Air Force Base doing test pilot stuff. Chase Plane, do you have the uh, B-52 inside? Uh, we, have, we have the B-52. We have the B-52 inside. Uh, copy that uh, B-52. Uh, Chase Plane, do you have... The, I mean, and it just like two, three minutes of that, and then oh, they God. cut to someone's face, and then they go back to B-52. Do you B-52. see the Chase Plane inside? Wow. And after the accident... After the accident, the operation takes forever, and and... Rudy Wells is supposed to be, Dr. Rudy Wells is supposed to be performing these operations. But it continually cuts to him in, in like a suit with the lab coat, just, just staring at nothing. Okay. And then, but all these, but like, so he's not in scrubs. It's him at the door. Looking in on this, and Darren McGavin as the 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 uh, nasty spy chief looking down, looking down from the, the observation the theater. theater, and and it just and goes back and forth, back and some really interesting sciencey medical, <laughs> yeah, medical <laughs> machines. The, the, the blood transfusion machine was just <laughs> what the hell is that? I mean, it was just it it, it was wacky and just back and forth. Back and forth, and the first uh, Steve even said it at one point. the The first episode uh, was just the crash and the operating. Yeah, that was it. Boy, you are not selling this to me at all. <laughs> Am I trying to? <laughs> I think I said, do not watch it on Peacock. Get the yeah. get the DVD. I don't watch or, it at all, or skip the origin and just go into the, uh, <laughs> yeah, just the go shows into... when it's fun. Although even then, <laughs> I was so excited when the when they released the dvds about you know 10 or so years ago i loved that show when i was a kid absolutely loved that show when i was a kid boy they it's held up very well there is 30 minutes of story in those 50 minutes they really (laughs) talk about they kept padding with the slow-mo action scenes we didn't have a lot of options back then Mm -mm. so Mm -mm. no not for superhero-esque stuff oh boy Watching that, though, was a trip for me because that's definitely the first time I've watched it since I was a kid. And boy, oh boy, I just, man, when doing that and the memories it comes back, it's just, <laughs> it's it's surreal. Yeah. Now, with the second episode, they didn't have to add as much padding. I think they just put it all in that first episode because wow. it was nothing but torture to get through. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... I mean, maybe the actual episodes will be better, but like I say, I would think so. Personally, just I, for tightness. Personally, <laughs> I'm saying we just skip directly to Sasquatch. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sasquatch, and then go to the Bionic Woman and do the Fembots. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then that's there it. There you go. Um, second thing is I've been continuing with the Robin Bales uh, series of books, uh, very loosely, well, inspired by the Universal. Uh, horror movies um, 
uh, the werewolf of Priory Grange. The other thing I like about what he's doing with these books is each one is a slightly different genre. So um, the fir- the Mummy's Quest was very much you know, very pulpy, very much like the first Mummy movie with Brendan Fraser. Uh, the Werewolf of Priory Grange is like Nancy Drew versus the Werewolf. Okay. Yeah. Um, much, does, it does have that kind of in the title, doesn't it? Yeah. Now you're selling it to Barry. Yeah, yeah. And and again, <laughs> he loves you know, Nancy Drew. Oh, you know me. After I'm saying, you know what? I'll 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 make this prediction right here and right now, folks. Sex and monstrosity. <laughs> Barry is going to discover stuff about himself he never knew existed. Like how much he I don't is like going that to. <laughs> He is going to beg Deb to watch uh, Netflix hats. That's right. <laughs> Although we discovered it's not Netflix hats, it's Max hats. He he needs a palate cleanser is what you're saying. <laughs> Gilded Age is Gilded on Age. Max. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oops. Oops. Whoopsie. Um, so, yeah. I thought I, we were talking about the other dancing show. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I'm going to continue uh, with those, but I, and I do have the third one uh, sitting in a box on the couch right now. Do you know what, what's that third one called? Do you know? The Revenge of the Invisible Man. Oh, okay. I like it. Yeah. Vengeance of the Invisible Vengeance Man. of the Invisible Man. Which seems like it's going to be more of a, almost more of like a spy comedy than anything. Also, more like memoirs of the Invisible Man. Uh, kind of more like that. Kind of more like that. Which, by the way, the book of Memoirs of Invisible Man, it's actually pretty good. Yes. The movie. Mm. The movie I liked the movie at the time. Mm. It's a John Carpenter film I haven't watched mostly for a reason. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Not one of those I kept in the back pocket. just like, mm, no, that's what Starman's for. That's uh, just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I won't be reading that right away because what I've discovered is Uh-oh. if I read two horror-related horror books in a row, I start having... Terrible, terrible dreams. Really? What are you, seven? He is so fucking lucky. (laughs) I read sword and sorcery all the time. I never, ever dream about fighting demons with a sword. Same. I will listen to, like, Cthulhu Red Book on tape, like, to go to sleep, hoping that, you know, Dagon will appear to me in my my dreams. But no, no. no. I get to work at some barbecue restaurant I never worked at for eight hours and not know how the register works. That's what I dream about. I hate those dreams. (laughs) Like when you're you're at work and you're the only one there and you don't know what you're doing. Oh, those are the worst. Or have the cashier's version of the actor's nightmare. It's like, what is this cash? What is this cash register? What does this button do? Where are my clothes? Where are my clothes? (laughs) That's a problem. We all want <laughs> no, not if it keeps you awake at night. No, I, I what are you seven? Yep, yep, yep. I, uh, yeah, I have a recurring nightmare type that I do not appreciate at all. Oh, do tell. <sighs> what is your recurring nightmare type? It is one in which the, the monster always changes. When I was a kid, it was usually Frankenstein's monster. Then it became Velociraptors, and then it was zombies, and it's always... It's what now? Stairs? (laughs) (laughs) Why, you? The shower. Get out of my head. (laughs) They should have put a walk-in shower in this right now. (laughs) But it's always, the thing is on the loose, my friends are in danger, and I can't save them. 
Have you considered seeing a therapist about this? Have you considered not eating before bedtime? <laughs> How about less cheese? Less, yes, less cheese. Cheese apparently does not affect it. <laughs> Although I haven't had a flying dream in a while, and that I could probably attribute to the cheese. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how that equates. You know, I don't want to know. Well, here, I'll here. Let me get the diagram. What camera am I on? Uh, before you go to bed, have some sleepy time tea. That'll usually that'll help you out. Sleepy or, time or, tea. What am I? Eighty or a cup? Close, but uh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Take or it some sake. Oh, the sake did. I did have a really good. Uh, night sleep last night. We we had sake last night. Well, there's your answer. Yeah, rice wine. Sake it to me. Yeah. Said no one. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad you responded to that, Barry, because usually I'm the only one who gets shit for you for jokes. Anyway, so those are my two. Well, they were having their old men moment, so I was just trying to say <laughs> tell them thing. a joke you, that they would understand. Twenty three skidoo. You punk ass kid. <laughs> So speaking of uh, Peacock, I, I I watched Five Nights at Freddy's. I've, oh, okay. I was waiting because my I was like, well, it's a horror movie, so it's something my wife might want to watch with it. And then she was like, no, I really don't want to watch that. Go ahead and watch that on your own. So what's <laughs> what's the name of that fear? The something mechaphobia that certain people just can't watch it. Does she have that? No, not oh, at all. Okay. She just knew it was going to be bad, and she was right. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I've heard nothing but bad things about that film it, so far. I mean, what can you really do with that property? It's a neat idea as the game that it is. And the game that it is is pretty simple game overall. Not a bad game, not a great game, and it has its share of jump scares. It works great. It even works better when you watch some YouTuber play it, right? That's what it's yeah. really made for. Uh, and there is a fun and interesting lore underneath it all that it gets fleshed out by finding secret things within the game, and each one of the game adds something to that lore. Uh, well, they, that's what they did with this movie, and even though the lore is not exactly the same, it's inspired enough by it, there is just... It's too safe and tame to be a horror movie, Um Although I was surprised that, uh, I mean, it's got to be PG-13, right? Because uh, when it comes down to it, the kids like the Freddy. <laughs> Not that Freddy, the other Freddy. And so that's that's why it's tamed down. But you do see the shadow of someone ripped in half. People are dying in this movie. There, It's it's a Blumhouse joint. Really? Um, and the movie did fantastic. We're going to get a second one. And it's not... I think I was a little strong by saying it was a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's the best with what they could do. I think what was really annoying me is that it's so broad, mm. like to the point where the characters are cartoons. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about the animatronics. They were done pretty well. They they, they realized those from the game very nicely. Mm -hmm. And if you're a fan of those designs, you're going to find a lot to enjoy there. Uh, however, your protagonist with his the the 
the young gentleman who's taking care of his sister because uh, his parents are gone and his younger brother was kidnapped when they was a, when he was a kid, which you know that's going to come right back to it because the whole thing about Five Nights and Freddy's is about kidnapped kids. Uh, that's what Five Nights at Freddy's is. These animatronics are haunted by ghost children. That's what it is. And it's... But at no point was it really scary. It was very cartoony. And yeah. I think that's what was kind of... Uh, I mean, I don't mind it to a point, but almost to a broad point. For example, the ant, absolutely mustache-twistingly evil. They might have must have put a mustache on her anyway, because <laughs> goddamn. There, there was one, just everything was just too extreme that I just... These weren't real people. Yeah. And that's what just, there was nothing to cling to. What's the one with Nicolas Cage? That's so Willy's weird? Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, we it, were going to do a compare and contrast, because I actually really like that one. It's a fun one, right? Yeah. And I think that is a more enjoyable picture. Um, I, I don't, this one is almost ruined by the plot they put around it. Ah, Interestingly enough, because the game itself doesn't have much of a plot. They had to invent something, but they invented a cartoon instead. Mm. And so so if you know that going into it, you might enjoy it. I think I didn't like it because it, my expectations were something and this was something else. Mm. And, and But obviously they had to make it more toward kids because that's who liked the Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> uh, but it was OK. Uh, the movie I ended up enjoying and I have Jeff to thank for this because he warned me not to get my hopes up too high was Studio 666. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the Dave Grohl Foo Fighters horror movie. Yep. Oh, I've heard terrible things. Here's the thing. It's not terrible, but it's just, it felt like it could be a little bit better. I don't know how to say it otherwise. You know how when you were kids and your dad had the VHS camera and you're yes. like, let's make a movie. Yes. And then you kind of got together with your friends, you know, made a movie and you and you watch it's like, it's not very good, but it's us. <laughs> that's that's Foo Fighters, except they have a budget. Oh. All right. And there's a lot of love in this for horror movies. The That is true. The director is the guy that directed Hatchet 3 um, and a whole bunch of Slayer and there's a lot of, of course, cameos like crazy. Carrie King from Slayer is in it and so on. Uh, but what it is, is it's the band having fun. And it is a B-movie through and through. They know it's a B-movie. It's poorly acted, but they know they're not good actors. They're musicians, <laughs> and they're very aware of this. So if you go into it with the whole B-movie mentality, yes. not expecting, you know, high-level work, you're going to have a great time. It is a great time. It's absolutely wonderfully stupid. And a and there's a lot of homage to Evil Dead. There's a lot of recreations of uh, classic film moments as far as like camera shots go. There's a fantastic, uh, the uh, exorcist, the, the going up the stairways, even though it's a food delivery guy. But it's still, <laughs> it captures those moments like you're like, oh, I see what you're doing there. Oh, I see what you're doing there. And the budget on the effects are great yeah. it is a gore fest joy nice. it definitely is the foo's love letter to horror films i mean yes. it's i yeah just like you said there's a lot of little things they draw from all these different horror films to to do their own version of it or put a slight twist on it and, and you can and through the whole thing you just see it's where it came from and it was 
somebody in the band said, hey, guys, you know what would be fun? Let's yeah. make a movie, a horror movie, like a real horror movie. <laughs> and, and you could see that. And you could see their joy, and everyone's having a great time doing it. And so I do recommend it, as long as you know what you're getting into. Hmm. So that's, that's what I have to bring to the table. You mentioned something in the, the first thing that you did about Nick Cage, and it got me thinking while I was sitting here. I can't think of a film that I didn't enjoy with Nick Cage. Can you? Is there something oh. objectively bad? Well, you probably haven't seen Jiu-Jitsu. No, I haven't. There you go. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That bad, huh? He He's a hoot, but it, the movies, the you know, I, I kind of enjoyed it, but the movie's... The movie's bad. How about Bad Lieutenant 2? Didn't see it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. That's your answer, Barry. I like this. So if I just avoid those movies, I can confidently say that I've never seen Nick Cage in anything bad. There so, you go. So far. Yeah. I, you know, I love The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Oh, you guys amazing. have not seen that. You have, have to see it. I have not seen it yet, but it's Oh, my God. You, you must have on the radar. Watch it. Have you seen it? No, I still have not seen it. Oh, my God. I must. Well, that surprises you that he's not seen it? <laughs> no, I'm just wondering if I'm going to put it on the list next time. And, uh, and Barry, I do recommend you watch Bad Lieutenant 2 because it's Nick Cage and it's most Nick Cage. Yeah. Oh, now I'm, I'm done. I mean, that, I mean just, just from Bad Lieutenant, you, know, you can you see what the train wreck is going to be. He just leaves it all out there, man. It's great. And, Nick, and, you know, we live yeah. in the same town, I think. You can... Come on the show anytime you want and talk about it, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Yeah, I mean nothing but love from this side of the table. I, I mean was the same thing for for jujitsu. He was just he was just balls out crazy. The thing um, uh, about that was just it was so crazy and kind of disorganized. But yeah, well, that's not I, his fault. I mean, he no, fully no, commits. No, you, but, well, you said <laughs> you didn't say he be bad. You said anything bad with him in it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Huh. I've never seen him I, bad anything. Yeah, I yeah. don't think The Rock is all that good. I don't think Con I, Air is all I that never, good. I never. I like Con Air more than I like The Rock. I never understood, frankly, the adoration that The Rock got. Yeah. Although there are bits and pieces in it that yeah, I did enjoy. Pieces. Yeah. But I was just. Well, I remember when well, you the know what it is the Criterion Collection version of The Rock came out. I was just like, "Does that deserve that?" Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Criterion went on a weird tear where they put Armageddon in for yeah, one of theirs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love and, The Rock, and here is oh, here an go. interesting take on why. And well, we'll there's actually an interesting uh, YouTube video that addresses this. The Rock is a James Bond film. What? The Rock is a James Bond I heard film. you. Okay. I want you to. <laughs> Please, go that, on. That still doesn't make it, even with that as a subtext, it doesn't what, make it good. I don't even no, know what Every Connery is playing as playing Connery Bond. is playing a Bond-like character, right. but if you put that in the context as I'd say that's the real James Bond, right, right. who's been in prison for all these years, exactly. everything about the movie is so Bond-esque. Hmm. It's ridiculous. Mm. Uh, the ridiculous uh, action scenes. The that would never happen in real life stuff. Okay. All the stuff that is in the original Broccoli Bond films is in this film. Sure. Right. Okay. So it's if I close my eyes, all right, that's James Bond. Let's it, watch the film. It's going to be a different film for me. Take Michael Bay's name out of the equation for just a second and look at the film without and, that and bias. And Cubby. No, broccoli. no, no, no. Just say, just take that. <laughs> just take that bias out. It's a fascinating watch. 
All right, no, sure. That's that's something I, to say. Yeah. I, I mean, the things that I like about that movie were Connery. You know, See, the thing Connery like is the best is part about the film. Yeah. Cage and well, the two well, of them interacting. Too, yeah, but yeah. But my favorite line, you know, what do you want me to do? Kill him again? It, it's <laughs> just one of my favorite lines in cinema. So I'm going to amend my previous statement. It's not the films so much that are great with Nick Cage because you get The Rock and you get fucking Con Air, but and it's Nick Cage Colorado himself. Space. Oof. Never saw it. Ugh. Nick Cage himself, I think, can do no wrong, even if he's presented with shit material. Yeah. Mm. And he acknowledges that he's done some shit. You yeah. need to see Bad Lieutenant, too. I'm going to watch it! <laughs> yeah. I do agree with you on Con Air. I think Con Air is just an okay action flick. Because you, you really got to shut your brain off on that one. Because there's so much ridiculousness in that film that you're just like... There's no way that this would happen and this would happen and this would happen. There's just yeah, yeah. absolutely there's, there's a lot. There's of... no realm of reality where any of that goes down. Oh, I heard about yeah. this. It's called Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans. Yeah. Yes. First off, that title is like what the shit. <laughs> okay. Where do I? Yeah, where indeed you find oh, that? Hulu. I, mean, I can watch it on Hulu. I mean, even the first Bad Lieutenant is, yeah. again, it's not great. I don't know yeah. why they decided that needed to happen again. Yeah. 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 Well, was, my understanding is it's it was another one of those where it's a script, it's about cops, and they decided, oh, we could tie this to Kaitel's Bad Lieutenant. We have the option. Yeah. Again, why would you do that? <laughs> Here, here's my here's my uh, relationship with the bad lieutenant. When we were doing Three Penny Opera at UNLV, um, the director uh, decided to set it in uh, the late '90s New York as oh. opposed to London. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Here we go. And so I was playing Tiger Brown, and she said, "She said, have you ever seen Bad Lieutenant?" And I was like, "No." And so she goes, "Well, you should watch it." So I did. And I came back to the next rehearsal. I was like, okay, when are we going to add the scene where I'm wanking it against the side of the these teenagers, teenage girls' car? When, when are we going to add that in there? <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. I was thinking mostly about the drug use. I was like, oh, all right. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. You see, they needed yeah. to get more with that. I was in a production of chess, and the whole idea of the director was going to, he wanted it to move like the movie Aliens. And I'm like, that was his whole idea. You're right. You're looking at me like that. It makes no sense. And nor did it at the time. But that's the director's idea. All did, right. Did you tell him you get your kicks above the waistline, Sunshine? I oh, didn't. Boy. You should have. Here is <laughs> Professor Biggs' pet peeve about... Steve's peeves. Steve's peeves about doing these types of shows and with these kind of concepts. Okay, Shakespeare's. <laughs> that's all. That was that, it. That, that, that was, was it. Perfect. Yeah, that, 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 that sigh was it. Yeah. <laughs> you can because, for instance, this is almost always done with Shakespeare uh, because it's public domain. You can do whatever the hell you want. Well, it's what Shakespeare did. Took existing stories and put them in. Yeah. Put yeah. Them in those anyway, sorry, yeah. I'm getting so, on my so my Shakespeare rant. my deal on this stuff is Jeff has a Shakespeare rant. <laughs> Jeff's got a rant on everything, dude. <laughs> my deal on this is yeah, Shakespeare historical accuracy not a thing. Uh, back in those days, they didn't have a whole lot of scenery. The scene house was basically it, and unless you hung a tapestry here or there. It was always going to look like that. Costumes, not historically accurate at all. It was basically whatever they could pull out of their closet that kind of looked like what it would be. So all that stuff, if you want to set whatever Shakespeare play in the Old West or in 1930s Chicago or whatever, that's that's fine. 
provided it does not get in the way of the actual play. For instance, saw a production of Much Ado About Nothing that was set in Rat Pack, Las Vegas. What? And yeah, and I was like, okay, what war are they coming back from where hardly anyone of note got killed? Exactly. <laughs> was, was it Korea? Was it Vietnam? Because none of those match. <laughs> and then, yeah, and I mean, that's kind of integral to the thing. That's why Don John is pissed. He was fighting for the other side. Yeah. You got to figure yeah. that stuff out. We did. Don't just put it somewhere because you can. Yeah, we. We at Fullerton College did a production of Romeo and Juliet set in the Middle East where the Capulets were um, Muslim and the Montagues were American soldiers. And it was like, okay, cool. Until you get to the scene where Muslim Juliet goes to a Catholic priest for advice and to get married. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but how do you feel about doing a musical version of Julius Caesar in a rap format? Well, he made it work. <laughs> he made it work. No tears uh, for Caesar. I, he did. Uh, Friends, so, yes. Romans, countrymen. I mean, he... Shatner made it fucking work. I, it was hysterical. You can I confess, rap Shakespeare. I confess I would love to see the full show of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I hate that all we get is a clip of is, that at the end of Free Enterprise. And by the, by the way, folks, if you have not seen Free Enterprise out there in our, our audience, please do yourself a favor and watch that. It is ridiculous, especially if you're our age, because yeah. holy shit. It is so goddamn good. My favorite good. line, in that, because, and I'm going to play all the characters. And they're like, well, but so you're going to stab yourself in the back? And he goes, I've done it before. <laughs> Shatner is so himself in yes. that film, too. Yes, it's and he says he just tried to play a more goofball version of himself. Yeah. But I'm like, that's kind of how he is today, that's though. how you play yourself, Bill. Yeah. Barry, you see Nick Cage in the remake of The Wicker Man? I have not. <laughs> oh, no, not the, the bees. Not the bees. Not the, the bees. bees. I've got a lot of Nick Cage watching to do. <laughs> See, and I'm sorry. That's the clip that everyone shows. I have not seen it either. And that's the clip that everyone shows. And I'm like, that is terrible acting. It is. It's like it's like you're not even buying into that there are bees on your face. You're just saying, no, no, not the bees, not the bees. <laughs> you see, okay, Barry. <laughs> I, I, I think a you Nick need Cage a thon is what I need. Uh, yeah, I yes. think, I, but I think you need to go on a a, a full curia, uh, curated adventure. Like I'm doing all the Bond movies in, in order, right? Okay. Oh, and you have to make Deb watch it with you. No, <laughs> she won't. So you should watch every Nick Cage movie in order. Ooh. Every single one from the Ooh. beginning of his career up until now. Th- no, that it- from hmm. Valley Girl till yeah. What's the latest one? I don't know, because he's done a couple more since Renfield. Yeah. And that's yeah, only really. been like, what, he's a year and a half? cranking him out. I'm stopped. really interested in the newer ones where he's gone full Nick Cage. To know yeah. where you are, you have to see where you've been. I've exactly. seen some of the older stuff, you know? And I, I like the So Valley Girl. Stuff. How do you feel about Valley Girl? It wasn't my favorite film, Peggy but Sue, Nick Cage. Peggy hey. Sue got married. Saw it. Uh, Moonstruck. Saw it. Okay. That, Snap um, out of it. Raising Arizona. Raising oh, Arizona. Oh, Very oh, Nick Cage. Oh, my God. That was just... That film. Even oh. the one where his hair is a bird? 
Next. (laughs) (laughs) Shitty film, shitty premise, shitty everything. Good Nick Cage. Feels like Nick What was the one where they're they're robbing a casino in Vegas? (laughs) Come on, people. (laughs) 2,000 Miles of Graceland? Yeah. That's that's not Nick Cage. Wasn't it? Ocean's Eleven? Uh, he wasn't in Ocean's Eleven. Uh, yeah, but you said where they're robbing a thing. Vegas. No, dude. Was it Kilmer that played <laughs> Kilmer played Elvis in Two Thousand Miles of Graceland? Uh, no, wasn't that Costner? It's Costner okay. and um, uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Russell, oh. Uh, Kurt Russell. Look at this. Oh, Kirsten's not sitting here with his hand up his ass, wa- trying to figure out yeah. names like usual. Kurt, some Kurt of the Russell. younger ones are having trouble too. All right, it was Three Thousand Miles to Graceland. Apparently, he well, I watched the shorter version. <laughs> Why did I think he, he was in there? He was the original the student film. <laughs> yeah, the, the cut for airplane version. <laughs> the 3,000 mile, that's the $6 million man version. Why did I think he was in that? Because I just I associate don't. him with Elvis for yeah, some reason. Yeah, that's it. You associate him with Dude, Elvis. Dude, Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner chewing up scenery together. Yeah. It's a fun movie. It's not particularly great, but it's fun watching those two Try to outact each other. I guess is the best well, way to put it's, it. It's like Tango and Cash. Yes, you know, it's, it's a... like X versus Sever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, how dare wow. you! Because wow. I actually right. like Tango and Cash because <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, I Stallone and Russell are just who, so anytime ridiculous. Anytime somebody mentioned the word cash, like you know, we're gonna cash out, we're gonna, mm-hmm. you know, you would like Tango and Cash, Cash and Tango, Tango and Cash. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. All talk, right. Talk we, about scenery chewing. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Jack Palance. Palance. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Movie trivia for Biggs. No shoot. Because uh, I'm not asking you because you'll get it immediately. What was the only film that Nick Cage was credited as Nicholas Coppola? Ooh. Which is his actual name. Right, I, exactly. I'm going to guess I'm gonna guess that is Valley Girl. Incorrect. No. Anybody I'm... else over here? Mm-mm. Damn it. Nope. Senior moment because I knew this once. No, Jeff, yeah, I knew this once too. Wow, I'm like geez, having a really. I'm having a brain. His fart first here. film from 1982, mm-hmm. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's oh, right. That's, oh, yes. Fucking. Yep. You see, it's why the adventure's good to go on. That's a good movie to start with. Oh, I, I've seen that one. Well, yeah, but see it, it again. It's funny because he changed it because <laughs> he didn't want to be watch. accused of nepotism. But even everybody in the industry was like, "We all know that you're his his nephew. It's yeah. not." It's yeah. not a secret. <laughs> yeah. Well, Barry, when you do this marathon, invite Steve and I over. We'll all have a ball. Okay. We'll, we'll get some pizza. Well, we'll well some... that's got to be 11 p.m. or later to get pizza. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> what films are we going to watch? What are the most important Cage films? Because he's got an extensive film. Well, no, 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 no. You no. you don't skip it. That's not how you do it. Exactly. You don't, you don't skip no. The Man with we, the Golden oh, Gun. My. <laughs> you see them all. No. Do you know how many films this man's done? Uh, It'll take a moment. We're talk- I don't want them in my house for that long. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the ones you haven't seen and the and the ones we're declaring as bad. So, I'm Bad Lieutenant all. 2, Wicker Jiu-Jitsu, Man. Wicker oh, yeah. Man. That's, I mean, right there. That's an evening right there. That's perfect. Only the ones he hasn't 90. seen and in chronological order. There's a that's bunch a I good one. Seen. There yeah. you go. There yeah. you go. Okay, I don't have to watch Christmas Carol the movie. Yes, oh, that was a voice roll. You still have to watch Wind it. Talkers? I pass. Watch it. Wind Talkers is actually really good. I'm not yeah, interested. Good. It's very good. I'm not interested. World well, Trade Center. Yeah, I don't want to watch, watch that. Watch that one. No. Watch what? that one. No. It, that one's pretty It ends bad. surprisingly how hell, funny. How the hell is he? <laughs> wow. I can be, I can like the, the wow. actor and not like the filmography. 
I can do that. Oh yeah. I mean, I, well, as long as how, how are you gonna know when you're refusing to watch all the fucking That's movies? Right. That's right. Because I don't want to watch boring movies. I just want to see the action. You have no well, idea. You haven't seen it. First of all, they're not boring at all. <laughs> Nick Cage is in them. Yeah, and the subject matter does not appeal to me. Why are you whacking well, your head? Yeah. <laughs> Man, <laughs> he's so bored he had to wank it. Just, 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 like matter, does not just to... sitting there at Pornhub, this doesn't interest me more. <laughs> he said that while doing the hand gesture. I just want to yeah. put that out there for the audience. <laughs> Whatever. That wasn't Italian. That was whacking. <laughs> and not Italian style. <laughs> if the subject matter does not interest me, I'm not going to watch the film. It doesn't mean that... Uh, the, that I think the film's good or bad. Just I'm not interested in the film. It could be a great, great film, and I'm just not interested. We're not talking about great films. We're talking about you seeing films, the bad with- films with Nick Cage, <laughs> especially. <laughs> Don't shrug. Don't shrug. Bad, bad Lieutenant. I'm sure that's such a terrible film. I, I might be interested in the subject matter. It might carry me through oh, the film. You know what, Barry? But if you this- show me like a sports film, I'm gonna be bored to death, Barry. The subject matter is Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the subject matter. It's not the subject matter. Jesus Christ. The genre of the film is, 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 is pointless. <laughs> There's, okay. <laughs> Jesus. There are films that Nick Cage has done where he's dialed it back a little bit. Yeah, Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. It's and there are films, which is just a good film Pig. in general. Pig. Pig. Amazingly controlled performance. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I want to see the ones where he is just <laughs> balls out Nick Cage. As Nick Cage as Nick Cage can be. And that's not all these films. Mm-mm. Like, I guarantee World Trade Center is not one of those films. No. So I don't want to watch that. Well, as the unbearable weight of massive talent shows us, that's all, all of those are Nick Cage. It doesn't matter. It's all him. Yes, it is him, <laughs> but the kind of Nick Cage that I want to see. Cra- the crazy so, case journey. Yeah. So, so we have to amend this to you've never seen Nick Cage in a bad movie that you wanted to see. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm confused now. I, yes. Now join us Welcome in this to- strange <laughs> journey you're taking us on. You can't understand my mind. No. No I, one. And you're does. not going no. to try. There's one thing I fucking hate doing. It's explaining myself. So I will watch. <laughs> Sticker! Sticker alert! Sticker alert! I will watch as many Nick Cage films as I want, and I'm going to start with The Bad Lieutenant 2. Or whatever the fuck we it's called. We need to get a picture of you with some kind of like wizard hat, your spiky shoulder pads from that one costume you used to wear it. Vampire the Masquerade. Oh my god, that one. Something else that's like, I hate explaining myself. <laughs> hate it. Some pirate. With thing. a pizza on his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> See what other spews coming out of you. Uh, before we go on to what Kay did, um, <laughs> the, the uh, Clockwork Torgo is is, is finally officially uh, Goodfellas. Finally. So uh, I, I look forward to that. I hear it's a very good cageless movie. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is. Although I don't know how that can be. It would have been improved with a little Nick Cage. Hey, hey, uh, Nick Cage could have taken Pesci's part, and uh, there you go. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. Kay, what'd you do? Um, and how does it relate to Nick Cage? Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, 
Well, aside from being exhausted, I actually uh, I did a very geeky thing on Saturday. I slept all day. <laughs> oh, so. was it everything it could? It sounds like it could be. Uh, pretty much. <sighs> boy, oh boy, was I just wiped. Early elections were crazy. We got the 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 next election tomorrow. Uh, which will be done by the time this drops, and I'll be happy. Uh, and wanted to throw out there, in fact, guys, uh, D&D players, um, let's look at, I think, the Friday I'm thinking of is the 16th. Uh, let's look at that for getting together and playing some D&D. <clears throat> um, I, I hadn't been able to, uh, I'd planned on getting to it, but the elections, man, there's just, and this Friday, I'm not going to be able to. Ugh. So, anyway, um... Steve has been catching me up on Rick and Morty, season <laughs> seven. I'm enjoying that. I like this little arc that Rick is on. Mm-hmm. And uh, Morty's got some action going, too, so that's been actual great fun. And I just <laughs> I just love the, the sheer insanity. Uh, we just wrapped up the episode where they, like... <laughs> The, the whole Valhalla thing and they have to die <laughs> over it. and it just keeps cutting over to the shoot with the clones and it just you know it's oh Jesus Christ yeah <clears throat> um the show stays good the show stays good the uh voice acting um is almost indistinguishable almost yeah it's pretty good pretty good I'm pretty happy with it so and uh the show's still there so i love it i think it's just it's crazy balls of wall crazy it's you know what south park used to be with some of its commentary and stuff and and have you got to the paradigm shift episode yet i don't believe so i'm just curious we're getting i won't say any more than that we're making our way uh actually season seven yeah the most recent one right Yes. Yeah, yeah, What's and Steve, paradigm shift because we watched them all. You watched did, did every we watch episode. Them all? Yeah. Oh, we've been through it all. Shit. Yeah, I watched it all too. What's the paradigm? I'm shift tired. Episode? All right. <laughs> <laughs> What's the paradigm? All right. Episode, Jeff. <laughs> Have you watched it all? Yes, I just said it did. When he catches the, are we spoiling oh, something? Oh, yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you notice how the the writing completely changed? It's no more just recycling the same storylines over and over. It just. Yeah. yeah, Rick is completely different. Like it's he's still Rick, but he's like completely different. That's like, he part has of what, no oh, what idea what his motivations yeah, are anymore. Yeah, That's part of what I meant about his yeah. arc. Yes, because uh, yeah, it was, and that whole thing was actually. Uh, yeah, I was trying to to do it without being spoilery for yeah, anybody sure. that hasn't watched it yet. No, 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 I got it, I got it. Yeah, because it really did. I remember watching that episode and going, "Holy I, shit! I everything's going to change from here." Yeah. I, I was I was like looking for for that show, Rick yeah. the Dime Shift or something. I was like, <laughs> yeah. "What's the episode name he's talking?" about so anyway yes. but it really did change everything oh, yeah, it did. for the writing and everything and i really enjoyed that yeah that absolutely yeah. absolutely the other thing my buddy cooper came over uh for samurai and kaiju night and this <laughs> this was inaugural because it's the first time steve participated Aha, the new participant yeah and we watched uh we watched some uh interesting stuff on youtube there's this guy who does the good bad movie reviews oh, yeah and he talks about uh, he uh, he's been doing the series he's doing is knockoffs, and oh. we watched the knockoffs uh, of Star Wars. So and, and literally he's running like forty five minutes, and this guy he just nails every single good and bad Star Wars knockoff that came out after Star Wars. 
which was you know actually kind of fun and interesting. Like how deep? Like Hardware Wars deep, or just oh, like he went Hardware oh, Wars? Oh, he okay. mentions Hardware yeah. Wars, but he you know we're talking Star Crash, Battle yeah, 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 Beyond yeah, yeah. the Stars, the you know the whole the whole thing. Um, so that was interesting. Moonraker. Uh, <laughs> he didn't actually mention Moonraker, but I was kind of waiting. Yeah, really. That and that actually, you know. Um, but uh, what was fun that night actually that we watched was Shin Ultraman. So just like we had Shin Godzilla uh, by uh, Hideki Anno, who's doing just you know uh, incredible kind of new looks at this kind of what has been accepted as children's fair and just like shin godzilla he actually he actually talks a bit uh talks a bit he actually goes into that sort of angle with shin ultraman i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was an incredibly well-made movie he didn't direct it but he did co-produce co-write co-edit um mm-hmm. and uh, it has all the earmarks of shin godzilla it's not as great as shin godzilla but it still enjoyed the hell out of it uh, I don't have the Ultraman background. I, I don't know. I don't know, Barry, if you can confirm this or not. But I, I don't think Ultraman was a big a deal on syndicated television. You know, the low rent channels on the East Coast as it was on the West Coast. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, that I don't at remember. I, I don't remember it at all. And but West Coasters talk I, about. Yeah. I first heard about it when I moved out here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now Cooper lived in Japan, and Steve is a West Coaster, and they're both sitting there going, huh, hmm, ah. You know, so they're picking up on stuff that I had no knowledge of. There's a thing at the end where Ultraman, Ultraman gets like really big, and it. And if you've ever watched the old TV series, it was it was a direct new take on the one pose that all they do is zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. <laughs> That's how they show him getting bigger with like a a splash background. Uh, and I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and and the the effects were good, the effects were good, and it's and uh, I know enough about Ultraman that like the way he flies and everything, and the way they depict it, they're using modern quality effects to reproduce that kind of thing, which I really mm-hmm. just I did admire. The kaiju are wacky, <laughs> off the wall, but it's not kaiju focused, and in fact, Cooper kind of commented, it looks like Anno watched. Ultraman, and then he was, you know what? I like this story, and I like this story, and I like that story. So we're going to put them all together because <laughs> that's kind of what ended up happening. So the story kind of is disjointed, but overall, overall, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, I really did. In fact, the, the, the first big bad gets dealt with pretty quickly and i was just flashing back to a pitch meeting and it's like it's like oh well somebody who can control this and that and the other is going to be really hard to take out no it's going to be super easy barely Barely an inconvenience yeah (laughs) yeah and it kind of goes that way so but i really enjoyed it i enjoyed it you know it wasn't shin godzilla but i think shin godzilla was it's was it's it you know it it created the the shin genre because Anno has also done Shin Kamen Rider, which I'm like, okay, for the first time ever, I'm interested now in Kamen Rider. I want to see what he did with that. Because what he's doing with these properties is great because he he maintains uh, the thing that I've advocated. Look at it from the – don't look at these kids' properties from an adult point of view. 
look at it from the kid's point of view and the seriousness that the kid has for it and then then take that to the adult level and that's what he's doing with these and it's really quite remarkable so yeah he's still got some nice you know social satire in this one too oh god the government the the government (laughs) when the government commentary and the I mean, it's not as heavy as Shin Godzilla. That God, Shin Godzilla was fucking hysterical with that, but it was still, it was still there, and it's, it's pretty cool. There was, there was, there was one scene where something happens, and they're like, "Well, that was so quick, it couldn't possibly have come from the prime minister's office." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there are jokes like that. So, but yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend Shin uh, Shin Ultraman. Right. Man, wow, it's really hard how they say it, but yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, recommend. All right, well, let's find out what's been happening in the news. Let's do some Wicked Geek. What? Uh, two weeks in a row. I know. Yeah. When are we not going to give a shit about it? Oh, oh, don't worry, that'll come. <laughs> you have nothing to worry about. Uh, Jason Reitman has an upcoming historical drama called SNL 1975. Mm. Uh, Reitman co-wrote the film with his writing partner Gil Keenan, who co-wrote Ghostbusters Afterlife. The movie will follow the behind-the-scenes story and the moments leading up to SNL's first broadcast on October 11th, 1975, when a troupe of young comedians changed TV forever. Uh, Gabriel LaBelle, star of Steven Spielberg's biopic The Fablemans, will take on the role of Saturday Night Live boss Lorne Michaels. Uh, Cooper Hoffman from Licorice Pizza has been cast to play Dick Ebersol. Rachel Sinnott from Bottoms will play Rosie Schuster. The full synopsis for the film reads, quote, On October 11th, 1975, a ferocious troupe of young comedians and writers changed television forever. SNL 1975 is the true story of what happened that night behind the scenes in the moments leading up to the first broadcast of SNL. It depicts the chaos and magic of a revolution that almost wasn't, counting down the minutes in real time to the infamous words, live from New York, it's Saturday night. The screenplay is based on an extensive series of interviews conducted by Reitman and Keenan with all the living cast, writers, and crew, unquote. Hmm. So that's happening. I'm excited for that. Right? Yeah. That Back be... when Saturday Night Live was good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what, though? Uh, Weekend Update remains a gem on that show. Jost and Che have totally oh have totally found something there, and they, they it is uh, it is pretty damn good. The, the joke swap thing. That joke they do. swap joke is swap. just oh, absolutely it's hilarious. It's horrifying when they're yeah, starting yeah. to read it. And you're like, God. here it comes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even just the regular weekend update, and it, and it has been forever. I mean, weekend update you can always count on to be. If the rest of the show sucks, weekend update is almost always going to be really good. How's the rest of the show? Because every few years, I think to myself, maybe I should give Saturday Night Live another chance. Well, I tell it, you, if I watched it, yeah, it, I, I, it depends I, on the host. Because <laughs> I've watched enough of the more recent ones that. There are some comedy bits that just really hit, and they really hit nicely. But yeah, speaking it's... of comedy bits that don't hit, did you watch the <laughs> Justin Timberlake uh, one, Dakota Fanning, where he apparently, it apparently was a big old egg? Just this last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is recent. 
Ooh. Well, yeah. which one? Because he's <laughs> those he's ones in a, from last week, Jeff. No, but I mean, he's in a couple of the skits. Well, he he. Are you, the, or are you talking about the entire? No, the monologue where he oh. inserts himself in the in her monologue and you know makes yeah. it all about him, and the internet just totally did not swing with it. Well, I mean, those monologues are written, so I don't. know. I know, I know, but what? Yeah, what do you think? I I did feel like it definitely shifted over to him and then of course jimmy fallon makes an appearance too Ugh. and he's in the barry gibb costume so he's like oh i'm you know just here to help you know and just in my regular clothes uh yes i did feel it was kind of cringy because jimmy fallon well <laughs> no but because she's talking about how this is her like fourth time hosting or something like that right. and she's and talking he's, about he's the survivor yeah, and it, more than five. Right, but he's but yeah, five timers club. Um, so yeah, when he comes out, I think if they had kept it to a minimum, it because it, at first it is really funny, but they keep him out there and they keep the banter between well, them that, going that on. That sounds like Saturday Night it's Live like... of Your, <laughs> yeah. where yeah. the sketch goes way beyond uh, where like, it should have gone. It's like. Give us a punchline here soon, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We get the we get the setup. What's so, the punchline? Yeah. Maybe I won't be. Well, the, the punchline happens. <laughs> well, the punchline happens, and then it just keeps going, and you're yeah. like, you're like, you need to pull him off now, yeah, and yeah, get yeah. back to her so that it sells the joke. But nope, you're leaving him out there, yeah. and you're oh, and you're giving him more dialogue. Okay. I will say that their their game show segments are usually pretty good. Uh, this last week had one that I watched called called Why'd You Say That, and it's basically they'll they'll throw up uh, like somebody's you know uh, TikTok or Reddit, and the contestants, unbeknownst to them, because they're going what what is the show that I'm on, and they'll throw up this video and then they'll say and you wrote blah 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 <laughs> why'd you say that that's a good premise <laughs> yeah and and, and like one guy and like. The, the first gag in the thing is is the first guy says well what is this he goes well we're going to throw up some you know, basically what I just explained and he goes okay no thanks and he leaves <laughs> and Black Jeopardy is uh, yeah, yeah. fucking hysterical oh god when Tam, Tom Hanks was on there yeah. well oh, Chadwick Boseman's yeah. appearance too oh yeah yeah, yeah that gold. one was good too they, they were all gold so Oh, and I should mention it's Dakota Johnson, not Dakota Fanning. Yes, that, that's where it threw me. I was like, I, I, I didn't remember Dakota Fanning being on. How there many recently. Dakotas can there be? And I always get <laughs> well, it wrong. Two, I always fuck it north up. North and south. So. Uh, <sighs> thank you, thank you. I'm here every week now, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Falling in the not column right now. <laughs> they did do they did do a sketch uh, called Big Stupid Cups. From yes. the people that brought you big stupid oh, hats, yeah, it's, and big stupid houses, because <laughs> it's about the the Stanley Cup, the the the, the Stanley Thermal Cups craze that's going on right Basically now. Basically, the very expensive version of, of yes. my giant drink cup that's on camera right now. Camera yeah, two, uh, camera two. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, and and yes, God, that one was actually really funny. Yeah, uh, I was very happy with that sketch because yes, it is kind of one of those things like. Why is this a thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, when I looked at. I was like, well, what makes the Stanley Cup different than you know what this it cup? is? It's 
They hired a new PR guy. Did we? Are we starting a commercial? What's going on right now? Are we getting paid for this? <laughs> I'm just saying the reason it's a thing is because they hired a guy who has a massive social media background, and he did a social social media social media blast, and that's why everybody's buying it now. Not because they want it or need it. But because at, they're being told you should have this, and they're like, "Oh, I should have this." You, you don't need to have it for whatever it is, seventy-five bucks or something. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Steve, FOMO, FOMO, dude. <laughs> hey, they got all those cool videos of the assholes breaking car windows with their Stanley cups, so you obviously know they're. Good. There's, there's even they're a tough. video on YouTube of I'll go out and do people it getting those, uh, getting the knockoff versions for Christmas and losing their shit. Like, I wanted the Stanley. Oh, I want It's hilarious. Could they have named it something not after another cup? Well, it's Stanley. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so you remember this, the old Stanley thermos? I know too much about this now. <laughs> My brain is full. The one that people used to put soup in where you had the little twist off top. Yeah, it's called the fucking thermos. It's I the, had it. It came in my lunchbox. It's the same. Mine was Yoda. You know they don't even have thermoses and lunchboxes anymore? Do I you know. know. That? What is that bullshit? Yeah, that if is. If I get a lunchbox, I expect a thermos. It takes up yep. too much room. It's, oh, it's for the fuck's same, sake. It's no, the it same company. It's the same company. They just make that style of mug now with the handle on it. I was in a store in Houston. I was in a, a game store I used to go to called Third Planet. Did you get a Stanley mug? No, dumbass. And I was looking at the lunch boxes, like these cool retro lunch boxes, yeah. right? And I'm like, okay, let's open it up and see the thermos. There's no thermoses in these anymore. Nope. They stopped putting thermoses in those. Yep. Don't tell me it's because of the room, because there was plenty of room for sandwich and chips and shit when I had those and lunch boxes. a thermos. Yeah, yeah but, but they've also shrunk the size of them now. They have. I noticed that. I noticed that when we were at uh, Little Shop's place, and they had some D&D, or I don't know what kind of box they had, and I opened it up, and I'm like, what the hell? This is... This is small, right? It's smaller. Now, I don't remember it right because the last time I, I legit had yes. a lunchbox no. was well, we were a very small kid. Yes, yes. I had an ET lunchbox. I remember because right. this other girl had an ET lunchbox and she always had a better lunch than me. So I would swap the lunchboxes. Practicing my evil as a first grader. Anyway, wow. But, wow, indeed. Yeah. And, but, I had Night Rider. There that early. We had, yeah. Uh, I had Star Trek the Motion Picture. But did it come with a thermos? I had Six Million Dollar Man. But yes. did it come with the seat? Back then yeah. they did. I had a Put, Disney World lunchbox. That's nice. cool. Boy, did that, had, no, it got my ass kicked. Why? <laughs> I was bullied relentlessly as a kid. Oh, so you must love it when I bully you now. Why don't you just hand me your lunch money? Let's just get this over with. Yeah, I got something to put in that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> no, what happened to the thermoses? Does anyone know? Probably the fucking Stanley things. It's probably <laughs> yeah. You can't. The, you you can get a, 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 into a, a, a fucking bigger thermos of whatever the fuck, and you don't need to put it in the lunchbox. Initially, it's because they were putting the thermoses separate, and you had to buy them separately. And then they just stopped making the thermoses altogether. Well, I think. Before they switch to whatever insulation that they're currently using, they had the the glass interior. You mean, uh, oh yeah, remember was, the glass? Yeah, and that shit would break and everything. Yep. And you dropped it. And you it's got like, little kids going, ah, why is my esophagus on fire? <laughs> <laughs> I bring this production done right pictures to order. We're hey. getting in, we're getting into lunch boxes today. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna make lunch boxes, but how can we make them cheaper? I say we ditch the thermos. What do you think? That's wow. brilliant. That's about what happened, wasn't okay. it? Pretty much. <laughs> I think we make all of it made of glass. 
<laughs> yeah, it'd be great for kids. Yeah, yeah. Because the lunchbox was also a defense weapon. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, believe me. Well, they when when, when they when times. we had metal ones. Remember when they started getting plastic? Yeah. It was just like Jesus. Yeah. Fuck yeah. with me, you're gonna get my metal. Yep. I got I got smacked by. I'm not surprised. Girls, I was. What? Girls. Wait, what? What? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What? We were all the same age. Don't get that creepy on me. That <laughs> <laughs> explains a lot about you, Steve. Yeah, I know. Is, is that the major creep defense now? I think so. We're the same age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a kid. I don't know any better. I don't know if stalking's a bad thing. <laughs> Tim Burton. Speaking of stalking, Tim Burton. <laughs> Tim Burton has found his next film project with a reimagining of the classic 1958 movie Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gone Girl scribe and Sharp Objects Emmy nominee Gillian Flynn is writing the script for the movie. The original movie centers on a wealthy woman who encounters an alien spacecraft and is exposed to a mysterious substance. After this encounter, Nancy begins to grow uncontrollably, reaching 50 feet in height. Her transformation causes chaos and panic in her small town as she seeks revenge against those who have wronged her. Who's Johnny Depp playing? The, movie, the movie's filled with camp, woman. campy special effects and an amusing <laughs> sci-fi B movie. Uh, the, uh, the movie also offered social commentary on gender roles and power dynamics. Uh, Burton just completed directing the sequel to his 1988 Warner Brothers blockbuster Beetlejuice, which will be titled Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice 20, 2024 AD. So if they make a third one, it would be Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. You know, I could say it the third time. If he does it in the style of, like, say, Mars Attacks, I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, if that kind of goofy, campy, campy, yeah, throwback style. I like that. I'd be down with that. Who's Helena Bonham Carter playing? <laughs> <laughs> the husband of the fish. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. Uh, Partner, Steve. Partner, get it, get excuse it straight. Me. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. This feels like a good fit. Yes. Right. Of, and I and I like that because for a while there, Burton said the husband of the fifty foot woman. Uh, Burton's films didn't feel like they were fitting right. Yeah. I mean, they like they seemed like they would, but they then they didn't. Yeah. Uh, and you're saying this one would, so therefore it will. No, I'm not saying it will, but I'm saying <laughs> I have a better hopeful. feeling yeah. about this than say than his, the others than that saying seem his like they would. The the only you, you, reservation I have is oh. Gillian Flynn is a good writer, and I wonder if they're going to take the amazing shrinking woman tack, where you take basically a fun concept and you pile onto it all this social commentary, like heavy-handed social commentary. Is that what she did? Yeah, with Lily, Lily Tomlin. The, yeah, the, that well, the original one back way back when. Guys. That's what Gillian did. No, no, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, then I'm just saying, well, being someone who's a little bit more of a who has a reputation for being a little bit more of a serious writer, mm. that that might be a temptation. Oh, okay, all right. I rem I haven't seen the uh, Incredible Shrieking Woman since it came out in the theaters. I do I was a kid, so I don't remember yeah, that me aspect. Too. I remember her in the sink. That's all I really remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that, too. Yeah. No, there, there was all kinds of stuff about the shrinking power of women and, and you know, uh, uh, on top of the environmental stuff. and yeah. The shrinking power of women. 
I just remember the backlot tour at Universal and seeing a giant telephone that was like, this was in The Incredible Shrinking Woman. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Mm. Now, back when I was a kid, it was the giant telephone and giant pencil from The Incredible Shrinking Man. From oh, the yeah, 50s. yeah, yeah. Not Land of the Giants? <laughs> Not Land of the Giants. What, uh, what has Gillian done any comedy that you know of? That, see, that's what I don't know. Okay. I yeah. Know. I, uh, I, I would have to research further. Because I only know Gone Girl. Yeah. At least I well, I know that I know. I love those things where you, you think, I don't know anything Ooh. this person's done, and then you hear the list, and, oh, I've seen that. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's such a dark film, too, Gone Girl. Oh, I love it. Incredibly dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. Director Gina Prince by the Wood has signed on to <laughs> wait, direct. Wait, wait, oh, You can't just throw that out there without commentary. That's a that's a <laughs> callback, kids. Yes. <laughs> Gina Prince by the Wood has signed on to direct the adaptation of the action fantasy novel Children of Blood and Bone from writer Tommy Adiyami. <laughs> who wrote the original screenplay. Wait a minute. Wasn't that guy in Black Sabbath? <laughs> See, I, I thought he be. was an extra on The Sopranos. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Prince by the Wood will develop the next pass of a draft penned by the author. Quote, the action fantasy novel follows heroine Zile Adebola, oh, who belongs to a class of magic practitioners known as the Magi, as she attempts to restore magic to the kingdom of Oshira. Following the ruling class of Cosidians, brutal suppression of her people, unquote. Kay, I think I, I saw your body just deflate. Oh, God. The, the, oh, the kingdom has lost its magic. It's, oh, Jesus. It's, you know, Austin Powers lost his mojo. I just. Uh, okay. Who's Tommy Iommi playing? Or what was that? <laughs> Prince. <laughs> I, just, I have to say the whole name because otherwise it's like. Prince Bythewood, most recently direct, directed the historical epic The Woman King, starring Viola Davis. Oh, that was good. As the that leader really of, of, of the all-women female unit of warriors who protected the African kingdom of Dehomey in the 1800s. Yeah. Uh, Children of Blood and Bone and its sequel, Children of Virtue and Vengeance, both of which debuted at number one on the New York Times bestseller list, are published by Henry Holt Books for Young Readers, a uh, Macmillan imprint. The third and final book in the trilogy, titled Children of Anguish and Anarchy, will Yeesh. be published on June 25th. Golly gee willikers. Yeah, The Woman King was really good. More better than it had any right to be. That was really good. You should watch that. That's that. Like I was surprised that I would like that film. This is not my cup of tea, but I'm like, no, I'm, I'm digging on this. So this is in good hands. Yeah, I just can't say anyone's names because I'll, I'll, I'll giggle. I have a feeling that Deb read this. I don't know, maybe. Probably. It, it, it seems like her jam. Eh. Children <laughs> of Bone and Blood? Yeah. I'll ask her. Gray Wolves. That's spelled G-R-A-E-W-O-L-V. Gray Wolves' upcoming occult-infused horror game, Veil, is set to get a live-action feature film adaptation. The film is being developed by Malamo-based production company Studios Extraordinaires. Veil is described as, quote, a dark, stylish, and deadly world filled with action horror adventures based around occult societies in the city of Velomgrad. Faustian bargains are being struck between demonic creatures from a parallel world and ambitious humans seeking godlike powers. As the veil grows in their city, these anti-heroes find themselves trapped between 
between their ambition, their demonic patrons, and the growing animosity among Velengrad's factions, unquote. Uh, Andre Heldestoft and Andreas Trudson of Studios Extraordinaires added, quote, the concept of this veil serving as a conduit between our world and another, allowing Faustian deals to unfold, captivate us instantly. It's akin to a demonically charged John Wick, if you mm-hmm. will. The universe crafted by Martin and Grey Wolf's team is unlike anything you have ever seen, and we can't wait to bring this demonic-powered action horror to life as a feature film, unquote. Haven't heard of the game, but I love Faustian bargain stuff, especially if that's the core of your uh, your your powers. That's well, like an yeah, ongoing you, thing. Yeah. You love that because you you fuck someone over in the end. Oh yeah, yeah. it's it's like it's, very it's like being a friend with you. Now what? It's a what? very Faustian playing games with you is a Faustian bargain. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, we were playing BGA and Microscoop wins the Torgo Award. Oh. He was the scumbag traitor mm. twice in a row <laughs> wow. when playing Saboteur. No, oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Good on you, man. I, how the, f- the Torgo I still Award. don't understand how that happens. I don't either. Even when it's fucking random, you end up with the dagger in your hand. You see, and this is what kind of fucks me when I'm playing these games, because everyone now assumes that's going to happen. Well, because it <laughs> is. <laughs> It doesn't always. But see, oh, the, Jeff. But see, Jeff, this is what I know is going to happen. It's going to be either Barry, it's going to be Steve, it's going to be Kirsten, and then they're going to get the thing, and then be like, oh, Torgo's the bad guy, Torgo's the bad guy, and they're the bad guy, and I'll be like, it's not me, but no one's going to believe me. Why? Because fucking wolf crying. That's why. It, That's what the bad guy would say. It's almost yeah, like yep. you set yourself up for failure. Jeez. I didn't do it. The game did it randomly. Uh-huh. I have been assigned this fate, Jeff. That's what Vader I said. will never forget that fucking murder uh, game we played at your place, Barry. <laughs> the, where, the, the live the LARPing one? Yes, the, the Julius Caesar LARPing thing. And you. <laughs> the, uh, the murder mystery. Yeah, thing, yeah. Out of the yeah, box. Yeah. yeah. And, and out of the fucking box. And, and once again, he's the fucking killer. Yeah, okay. With that, that, that whole thing was a big asterisk because everyone tried to kill the guy, but only one person actually succeeded. <laughs> so it's just stupid. If I'd have read the thing all the way first, which you're not supposed to do, I would have said, let's play something else. <laughs> no, Asterisk, it's still Torgo being a... Oh, yeah, he's still... My, a- my favorite thing is still the... Is still the, um, the Hidden Hitler or whatever that game is. Secret Hitler. Oh, Secret, Secret Hitler. Hitler. It's a good game. At, at, uh, at That's uh, Scoop, Scoop Fest. Fest. Oh, my that God. That was such a good time. That poor guy sitting next to me is like, oh... Explain it, yeah, Steve. Don't just make a face. Well, I would. Does I would, that mean he just had a little accident in his pants? What are you talking no. about? <laughs> no. Uh, Todd did what he usually does. Plays, you know, Mister Nice Guy and everything. And the, there was one round where I had the Chancellor, and he had the whatever the other, you know, thing. Bad is. guy card. Yeah, bad guy card. And and the guy sitting next to me was like. Well, I don't think he's I don't think he's the the bad guy at all. He goes, I I think it's it's gotta be so and so. And and so you know, that's the way he voted. And Todd goes Yeah, we have to kill somebody here, so it's gonna be you. And he pointed at the guy next to me and he just goes, Oh <laughs> And I was and I was like <laughs> This guy's never played with Torgo before. 
Secret Hitler's a fun game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Might as well fucking call it obvious, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> there is a Marvel version called Hail Hydra. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Ooh. Man. I just, you know, how long before he... Well, no, he won't whisper it in your ear, because that means he's on your side. <laughs> yeah. Whisper it as you're bleeding out. <laughs> I just want to send you to your final rest with one more thing to think about. <laughs> Hail Hydra. <laughs> Jesus. Pedro Pascal was set to star in an upcoming new horror film titled Weapons, which is coming from Zach Kreger, the director of Barbarian. Uh, Pascal had to drop out due to his commitment to Marvel Studios for Fantastic Four. Oh. Fantastic Four's production has been pushed to the back half of 2024, which is what created the scheduling conflict with Weapons. Marvel has yet to confirm that Pascal has been cast as Reed Richards. Uh, not much is known uh, about Weapons, but the story is described as, quote, a multi and interrelated horror epic centered around witchcraft and missing children. And it's also said the movie is totally in the vein of Magnolia, the 1999 actor cram showcase from filmmaker Paul Thomas Anderson. I can get behind a horror Magnolia any day. Mm -hmm. That'll be, yeah. I don't know how I feel about Pedro Pascal as Reed Richards. I am, are you kidding me? I am all 100% behind that. I don't know. I, man. now he, here's yeah. the thing. Mm -mm. This is still a rumor territory. It is. He no, there's be, no official announcement. He may be in Fantastic Four. Yeah. Is he playing Reed Richards? Yeah, that's or is thing. he playing Doom? That no, is still. That, that's isn't that I rumor? Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Well, again, that's, again, this is all rumor. We're speculating yeah. here. Even that is still speculation. Right. I can see Pascal doing a really good Doctor Doom. Of course. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I can see Peter Pascal doing sure. amazing anything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'd be a great Johnny Storm. Yes. Ben Graham. 100%. Sue Storm. <laughs> Sexy. He could do it. He can do it. And Nick Cage, Ben Graham. Or the, the, uh, the, oh. the, the mailman. I forgot his name, but they talk about him. As the, he's playing the fantastic card. He's going to nail it. Yeah. He will. He will. Nick Cage. Boy, it sounds like we're, we're brainstorming an SNL oh. sketch right now. We absolutely are. It's just. I'm Ben Grimm. I used to be kind of a good guy, and now I'm all fucked up. Wow. Thank yeah. That, yeah. They should have Nick Cage play all the parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my all God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, that sounds like a Saturday Night Live sketch. And Doom. Keanu Reeves is expanding his Berserker franchise with a new novel titled The Book of Elsewhere, and the actor is going to be co-writing the book. This will be Reeves' novel debut and he will be writing it alongside China Mievel, who previously wrote the books Perdido Street Station, right? Embassy Town and the City and the City. Uh, Del Rey will publish the book of Elsewhere in collaboration with Boom Studios, the publisher behind the Berserker comic series. The book of Elsewhere is described as, quote, a genre-bending epic of ancient powers, modern war, and an outcast who cannot die, unquote. Uh, no plot details have been revealed, but uh, Mievel uh, said... Uh, Quote, sometimes the greatest games are those you play with other people's toys. It is an honor, a shock, and a delight when Keanu Reeves invited me to play. But I could never have predicted how generous he'd be with his toys he'd spent so long creating and how glad to experiment together, how open to true collaboration. I hope readers get to experience even a fraction of the pleasure reading the book of Elsewhere that I experienced in the writing in the serious business of play, unquote. And if that doesn't sound like Mievel, nothing does. 
Uh, if you're not familiar with him, he writes really esoteric, weird, interesting sci-fi slash fantasy. Hmm. Like, you got to open your mind to read those books. Yeah, and it's it's even when he's action oriented, it's it's pretty literate. Yeah, so it's very. Um, Perdido's Street Station is one of the things he's famous for. The City and the City is another. My personal favorite of his is the Scar. Um, but he's part of the the new weird movement from uh, a couple de- decades ago. Uh, kind of like the new edge of sword and sorcery in terms of doing this pulpy, just embracing the this pulpiness, but at the same time really bringing a literary quality to things. And he's an incredibly good writer. Elevated weird. Yes, and it uh, this this is just. This is mind-bogglingly. <laughs> it kind of is. It's not one I would have thought would have. Yeah. Happened. No. 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 This is. Yeah. This is something. So, I, I when I first read this because we brought up Keanu Reeves doing the Berserkers comic book stuff for a while. Yeah. And I don't think any of us really kind of even like really even went to search it out. But but this 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 changes things. Mm. <laughs> so I'm now I'm fully curious. Danny Boyle and Alex Garland are making another sequel for its 2002 zombie horror film, 28 Days Later. The film is titled 28 Years Later, and the hope is to launch a trilogy of horror films. As they're developing the project, wouldn't this be the third one? They will be shopping. Didn't they do 28 months? Did they do months? Uh, There were two 28 films. Yeah, there's 20 days, then then weeks. And then they went 28 weeks, they went to France or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I I don't remember months. Yeah, I just remember days and weeks. But uh, Well, how many years has it been since 28 days later? Uh, Is that a 30-year-old film? No. No. No, no, no. no. Okay, well, what about... Danny Boyle, the plot... 2000, so it's 24 years. So twenty. So haha. Maybe it'll be released in four years. Well, well if he's gonna have <laughs> Killian Murphy, he's gonna be awfully expensive. And he is. Sorry, two thousand two. I can't. Really? Yeah. I can't read with Shit my balls. fucking eyes now. Yeah, he got Murphy back, so he's gonna be in the new one. Uh, as they're developing the project, they'll be shopping the project around the studios and streaming service. The sequel was supposed to move forward several years ago, but stalled. The project's looking for a production budget of around seventy-five million dollars. There was supposed to be a twenty-eight months later. But it l- sounds like, just in my cursory reading, that a lot of the plot elements got bumped into 28 years later. Well, but probably, yeah. I Maybe, mean, well, it, the- it's damn near 28 years later, so <laughs> why the fuck not? Yeah. And I don't even think that's even like a necessary thing, right? It's just like, that's its own world, so you can just you know set it wherever. Well, yeah. sure. 28's just the... Yeah, the holder on but, this. But but you know, marketing people are going to be creaming themselves over this. Come on, let's face it; they're going to they're going to like this. Yeah. So oh, imagine the next film; it's going to be set in the future. That's right. Twenty eight decades later. Oh, <laughs> twenty eight <laughs> centuries later. Ooh, zombies in space. Twenty eight years, twenty eight months, twenty eight. So, so we get this days So later. it's in zombies, <laughs> but it's in space. In space. Warner Brothers is developing a new reboot of the classic horror film The Blob, 
and it will be written and helmed by the Hellraiser and the Nighthouse director, David Bruckner. This will be the fourth Blob movie to be made. The original film, released in 1958, starred Steve McQueen. In 1972, director Larry Hagman remade the film, but that was titled Beware the Blob. Larry Hagman? Hagman, really? Not Hangman, Hagman. Hagman, yeah, yeah. I know. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That? No. No. Yeah. Not yeah. Larry Hagman. Yes. H-A-G-M-A-N, Hagman. Yes. Yes. That one? Yeah. Steve? And then there was the 1988. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then there was the 1988 movie directed by Chuck Russell, which starred Kevin Dillon. Uh, there aren't any details to share on the story for this latest remake, but the original movie revolves around a small town community in Pennsylvania that becomes the target of a mysterious and deadly extraterrestrial creature. The story begins when a meteorite crashes to Earth, carrying a gelatinous, amorphous mass that quickly engulfs and devours anything it touches. As the blob grows in size and menace, the town's residents must rally together to confront this alien threat and find a way to stop its relentless rampage. Uh, the new movie will be produced by David Goyer, and Keith Levine of Phantom Four with Judith Harris serving as executive producer. Harris has the rights and is the widow of Jack Harris who produced both the 1958 and 1988 versions. So you wanted more blob, here you go. I like the 88 version. I rented that on VHS and it was good. I like the 58 version. I do, yeah. yeah. I like all blobs. I don't <laughs> like the 72 version. It's a little too goofy. But. I never saw the 72, but I I have seen the original and I've seen the the 88. Yeah. The 88, I really liked the angle they took where it was just like literally painful being dissolved by this thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like I, really I, interesting. Take. I I love the telephone booth scene. Well, no, the sheriff's not here right now. <laughs> I like the ending in the 80s, mm -hmm. uh, where the preacher's got a piece of it in the in a jar. And he's like, well, well, when, Father? God will give me a sign. And he's got this thing, like he's going to release this blob again on the earth and fuck people up. And, yeah. But I was always waiting for a sequel to that, and it never happened. Yeah. But it makes me think... I'm running gelatinous cubes and oozes the wrong way in D&D. &D. Ah. I need to make them more horror, and I need to watch the blob again and get some ideas for that. No, I've never seen the 88 version. I've only seen the original. Oh, it's pretty good. It's fun. The one I just talked about is kind of a darkly humorous scene, because we find out where the sheriff is. He's all dissolving in the blob. They kind of figured that. Yeah, yeah, we figured yeah. that out. The um, but there is, there is a scene with a sink that is horrific like if you if you can empathize with you the will never is, wash dishes again yeah if you can <laughs> empathize don't do with it the person, i hate dishes <laughs> if you can empathize with the person being blobbed you're just like ah jiminy christmas I, I love i love steve's verbing of blob here he's just he's he's going all out how yeah. did they fight the blob in the original one uh cold cold right yeah, yeah they did it in they had like snow machines and they would do freeze it up CO2, or whatever. Uh, CO2, yeah. yeah. But I remember the end of the original Blob. I know that much. For some reason, I think I must have caught it on YouTube, uh, where they're just towing this thing out to the Arctic or something, yeah, yeah. right? It's yeah, helicopter. Goofiest, goofiest ending. Yeah. 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 It'll never they, melt up there. Which is really hilarious, Oops. considering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, see, that would be the, that would be the great uh, kickoff for the for this version, is uh, is it's actually a sequel. 
Ooh, yeah. yeah. And the permafrost is melting yeah. thanks yep. to global warming, and now all these elks are being... Yeah, because did they go to Antarctica or Arctic? Cause Ar- if they, Arctic. If they went in the Arctic, then it's in the water. Yeah. And Oops. Yeah, that's just... And by the way, yes, I dream of Genie, Dallas, Larry Hagman. Oh, that yeah. one. Directed the motherfucking 72 block. Get out of here. Yep. Apparently, he did work as a television and film director as well as actor. Yep. Holy shuzzbot. Where can I find the blob? My, my. <laughs> well, I'm wondering uh, the same thing. Uh, you know, if you... I um, think it's on Max, actually. Ooh, which the, one are you looking for? The 88 <laughs> version. The 88 version, uh, it's available for rent on Prime Video. Ah, that's or, it. Or on YouTube. I gotta pay! <laughs> yep. <laughs> Three, I'm already paying for so much crap. Three ninety nine, but if you are three ninety nine, how much is that? But if you are on the uh, the you know the Google uh, rewards thing that I keep talking about, you yeah, could watch it for free. Yeah, it, well, free as long as you're you know your your free time doing a whole bunch of surveys is free for you. Yeah. Oh, Dude, oh it takes oh, thirty seconds. Up. That's interesting. I didn't know who that reverend was in the eighty eight blob. It's Del Close. Nice. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. What else would I know Del Close from? Steve, character actor, he primarily known as being kind of the kind of the guru of Second City. Um, yeah, he's the one that came up with what is it? The Howard, the the long form, the Harold, Harold, the long form uh, improv thing. That's kind of his deal. No, um, it's an improv thing. Yeah, uh, but he's character actor. He's been in. If you look, you'll go. Amazing. Oh, that guy. He's one of those. Oh, that guy guys. Yeah, the guy that was in that thing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> David F. Sandberg, the director behind Annabelle Creation, Shazam, and Lights Out, is set to direct the film adaptation of the PlayStation horror video game Until Dawn. The script for the film was written by Blair Butler from The Invitation, and a recent draft was written by Gary Dauberman, who did It Chapter 2 and The Nun. The movie is said to be a, quote, R-rated and terrifying love letter to the horror genre, unquote. The story is set one year after the death and disappearance of twin sisters Hannah and Beth. Eight friends return to the cabin in the mountains belonging to the parents of their friend Josh, brother of the missing sisters. Shortly after arriving, the friends realize they may not be the only people on this mountain, unquote. The game is a playable movie that is has its replayability as players can make different decisions as you play, taking the story in different directions, and there are multiple different outcomes. The game had a great cast, which included Rami Malek and Hayden Pantieri in motion capture versions. Uh, I can't remember the name of the company that did this. This was their first Salvo, and this is what they've done since. They've done, I think they call them just the Dark Picture Anthology. They're if you ever, as a back in the '80s, as a kid, read "Choose Your Own Adventures," oh, and go, yeah. you know what? I'd like to have that as a movie. That's what this is. I yeah. liked the Netflix "Choose Your Own Adventure" thing that they did. You remember that? Like the the Bandersnatcher, no. Jabberwocky, or whatever. It was. Whatever the hell it was the called, yeah. where you get to make choices and, and and you get to play it back from a few choices ago, play it again, and it had all different endings for this movie on Netflix. Yeah. It was really good. It was a dark mirror thing right I, I, yeah bandersnatch so, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 that if they did it like that hey down down that is what this is no that's awesome and they've made many of them now uh really? i pl- i played the last one and it's so no, not the game freaking good i'm talking Netflix. the game um and i mean that's what i'm talking about if you like that netflix thing 
do this. This is an actual full-on movie where that one is basically uh, like a 20-minute episode, right? When it comes down to it, and then you could back up, and then you had like a different thing that happened and so on. It's longer than that. It took some time to get through that. You know, it took time to do all the extra stuff on there. But when you're playing this game... Yes, you can go back and play it when it's all done and go back and check out different things. There are so many different endings to it. Mm. It's crazy how big this script had to be mm. to for the games that I've played. And uh, uh, after Until Dawn was the first one that did this from this company. So interesting because this movie exists in a game form already. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, so this, I guess, is the optimal version of that game. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, if it, it check out if you're into that whole choose your own adventure movie, Dark Pictures anthology. Again, I can't remember the name of the company that makes them, but damn, they're doing a did, great job. Did they say they had like mocaps of like Hayden Panettiere and who was the other actor? Uh, Rami Malek. Yeah. So this would be like that without the Uncanny Valley. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And they get really good actors, too. I mean, the ones beyond it, ones that I've then since recognized in other shows. I'm like, oh, that yeah. was the guy from the video game. Uh, what guy from video game do you know? Write to us comments at geekshockpodcast.com. <laughs> I don't have a great uh, crossover for that at all. And I want to thank our tier one members, Sir Chomps, Hylian Scoop, Chad Wilson, Ambivalent Hoax, Richard Bruin, Scoopatron, Mandy, Jacob Flora, Multiverse Tonight, Scully, Froyog Soft Serve, Gil, A. John B., Diggs McSmix, King Vault, Goran Gundestet, Stefan Moeller, and our brand new one, SoCal Shaolin. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I like that handle. Yeah, it's a good handle. He's, he's, uh, a, he's, he's yeah. a YouTuber. Yes. Uh, he's uh, been uh, listening to our show for a good while, but he has a he's one of those YouTubers that goes to various cons for uh, collectible toys and so on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so and uh, yeah, another like uh, uh, like uh, flea markets and stuff, too, to find like rare and hard to find mm. toys. Yeah. yeah, he's good at what he does. He has a really good. Channel. Yes, absolutely. Um, I've been subscribed to him for a long time on YouTube. So if uh, so if you're a fan of that sort of thing, yeah, SoCal Shaolin, check him out. And of course, our tier four members, Deb T, J.R. Conklin, our tier five members, Jeff Harris, Mad Martron, Glumley, and Atomic Gumby. And of course, you dear listener. And our theme song is called The Burning Light by Sam Heffernan. Find it at SWH Music on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitch. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Blarg. With Professor Biggs. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Yay, yay, yay. And play some Minecraft, because it's fun. Yeah, and well, Barry, you're going to play some monstrous love oh. and it's gonna be i can't yeah. wait oh we oh we oh i can't uh, i can i, can. I <laughs> just i have to admit uh, i thought it was the obvious choice and it would be disappointing but when you read it it was glorious yeah Bot on. Was... barry's gonna get in touch with his feminine side yeah and, I, I, and, I, and perhaps become a furry i went looking for dating <laughs> sims and i tried to find the one that was probably the most egregious to his soul <laughs> <laughs> And, and, Suffer. And, and, I, and I felt, and I just felt that sex and monstrosity was enough of a one that was enticing, but not bad enough that he knock it right out. It's going to have the worst art, too, I bet. You know what? Uh, it's okay. It's going to be very, Ooh. very waifu. Oh, no, dude. <laughs> uh, if you want to feel better about it, it, it's not in a Japanese anime style, which a lot of those seem to be. So, so at least you got that going for you. Okay. A little bit better. A little bit better. Uh, it's not going to be. No, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs>
No, because you're very sex positive, and this is sex positive, and I want it to be just for you. Torgo <laughs> negative. Hey, very. <laughs> Suffer. <laughs>